Why does France hate America and Britain? Discover the biblical and historical proof that France will soon betray its World War allies. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. America and Britain saved France from World War I and World War II with Germany. Germany conquered that nation in both of those wars. So uh, why does Macron, the French leader today, why does he hate America and Britain? You can see that he does in many ways. And at the same time, he loves Germany. He just loves Germany. Why is that? How do we explain that? Ninety percent of our prophecy pertains to latter days in half of the 20th century where it all begins. But if you look at this closely, you'll find that the, the one central master key to this whole prophecy is about America and Britain. You have to understand quite a few names to anciently and presently to be able to determine all of that. But could it be possible that the peoples of the great British Empire and America, strongest single nation ever, and the greatest British Empire ever, is it possible that they would not be in these end-time prophecies? Well, they're right at the central part of it. And, of course, uh, France is a powerful nation as well. Here's a quote from the book United States and Britain in Prophecy by Herbert Armstrong. And he said this, The all-important master key has been found. That key is knowledge of the astonishing identity of America and British peoples, as well as German, and we can add France, in biblical prophecies. This very eye-opening, astounding identity is the strongest proof of the inspiration and authority of the Holy Bible. It is, at the same time, the strongest proof of the very active existence of the living God. Well, that's a powerful statement. And here, these, these prophecies are coming alive because we have discovered this master key. We've discovered it. And it's certainly was mainly done by Herbert Armstrong in this end time. He did show a lot of that to us. Let me show you something here in Genesis 49 and verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. That's today. The time we're living in today. And then he says, Gather yourselves together, and hear, you sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. We're to hear about the sons of Jacob, or the hearkening to Israel. But then notice verse 3. Reuben, you are my firstborn. Well, we're talking about the tribes of Israel. Who is Reuben? Reuben, you are my firstborn, and my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, you shall not excel. 
Why? What did he do? Because you went into your father's bed with one of his concubines, and then defiled you it, he went up to my couch. So this brought a great curse in his life, and he did not receive the birthright blessing. All these great blessings that Britain and America have received. But think about this. Now, these are last days, and he's talking about the ten tribes of Israel, but he doesn't call them what their names are today. So if we don't know what Reuben means or who that is, well, it's all just a waste of our time. We can't know these prophecies if we don't know who these tribes are, and especially the main ones that are most significant in this end time. So, if we're going to understand Bible prophecy, we're going to have to know about, well, okay, what are the names of these ancient nations? What are the modern names of those? That's what we have to determine. And we do know. And certainly that was revealed to Herbert W. Armstrong, and he sorted that out in his book on the United States and Britain in Prophecy, and we have even more detailed articles on that if, if people want to get them, and all of our literature is free. But the names, these names have to mean something to us today, or we don't even understand the prophecies. That's pretty obvious. So, Reuben was the firstborn. Now, notice First Chronicles 5, and verses 1 and 2. The birthright belonged legally to Reuben, not Joseph. And then here's First Chronicles 5, verses 1 and 2, and how it fell to Joseph. Now, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, the Revised Standard Version says, so that he, Reuben, is not enrolled in the genealogy according to birthright. He lost his birthright, the great power and the prosperity that God gave to Britain and America, the British peoples. Of course, That's all because of Abraham's obedience. Also, the scepter promise was given to Judah, so they they are in that mix with uh, America and Britain in that sense. We've had all of this prosperity, and it's been taken away from Britain, the great power and, and, and a lot of its prosperity, and America is losing a lot of their power and prosperity. What is going on, and why is that happening? Well, we'll talk about that. Let me go down a little further to another scripture, Genesis 35, verses 11 and 12. Well, I'll just tell you about that. It talks about the company of nations, or the British Empire, and the single greatest nation ever on this earth. That's Genesis 35, verses 11 and 12. Then if you go on over we find that Joseph, who was the father of Ephraim and Manasseh, that's Britain and America, and Joseph was sold by his brothers into Egypt, and that was led by Reuben, the father of these sons. 
Manasseh and Ephraim, of course, they are Joseph today. And notice what it says in verse 27 of Genesis 37. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content to go along with that. So uh, Reuben led in all of this. They were going to really harm Joseph. Reuben just said, well, no, let's not do that. Let's take him and sell him to the Ishmaelites. And that's what he did. So he, he betrayed his own brother. Now, this is history, and it's in the context of end-time prophecy. And this history is going to be repeated if you look at it spiritually. Reuben is going to betray his brothers, the sons of Joseph. He's going to betray them in this end time. That happens in most of the history in the Hebrew Bible. That's the way it is. It, it turns out to be just a type of what's happening in this end time. So we have to be aware of that or we can't understand what's really being discussed here. Joseph was a young man, very much beloved by his father and really favored by his father, and that made the other sons hate him. So that should, should be a lesson that we don't want to do something like that. But here's some more history in the context of prophecy, and it is repeated. It, it's really just a type of what happens in this end time. It turns out to be a prophecy. And then you can read in verse 35 where the father of Joseph, he just could not be comforted. They couldn't even comfort him because he loved that son so much. And he favored him, and so it made it very difficult for him. But great things happened to Joseph, as you probably know, and we don't have time to get into that, but he uh, did some really, really outstanding things in the next few years. January 22nd, when Macron uh, delivered a eulogy for Wolfgang Schauble, he said it in articulated Europa. German. He, he learned Freund. the German language. Frankreich hat einen Freund verloren. And he said things like, often difficult issues can only be resolved if Germany and France pull together. He sort of said, this is what they're missing and we really need to pull things together. And so Carl... Gutenberg had this to say about it. It was not just an outstretched arm, but really an offer in this great emergency situation in which we now find ourselves to say, let's do it together. Well, yeah, let's, let's do it together. And Macron said, if you do not understand the words from France, remember that France loves you, just in love with Germany. The country that conquered them at the very beginning, in World War I and World War II. How could that happen? Well, Macron is not going to let that happen again because he's going to get very close to Germany and be uh, a friend of theirs. The article I wrote was in February 2019 issue, and I wrote that Macron has never said anything like that to Britain or America. Instead, he has called for a true European uh, army to protect Europe with respect to China, Russia, and even the United States of America. Now he's saying, well, 
Yeah, they, they could attack us too. That's what he thinks of the United States. The country that had just really thousands and thousands of soldiers die to save France in World War One and World War Two. France is biblical Reuben. And the article I wrote was, and we'll send you a copy if you'd like one, France rejects America and empowers Germany. After centuries of German and Austrian dominance, the Holy Roman Empire revived again for a brief interval of French dominance. It was the Roman Empire in disguise Napoleon set out to carry on the ideals of Charlemagne. So anyhow, both Germany and France claim Charlemagne, and they all keep talking today about Charlemagne. They just want everybody wants to talk about that. And here's what Roman Herzog, the German president at the time, on May 8, 1997, here's what he said. He was actually presented with the International Charlemagne Prize. That's the greatest prize that Germany can give you. Is the Charlemagne Prize for his efforts to unite Europe. And here's in his speech is what he said. For 1,000 years, the destiny of our continent has resolved around the choice between a cohesive or fragmented Europe. Charlemagne, after whom our prize is named, made his own particular choice, the first unification of Europe. Oh, the first one to really unite Europe. But how did he do that? Well, at such an hour, the truth must be told, he says. All right, let's look at the truth. Only by wading through a sea of blood, sweat, and tears did he teach his goal. Now, that is a phenomenal statement, I think. All this sea of blood, just wading through a sea of blood to bring Europe together and to make them think the way they thought, that is, Germany and the Holy Roman Empire. But it's all, here is this man talking about this, say, well, yes, it does, it does it mean a lot of bloodshed, and of course a lot more in, in uh, this era when we have all the uh, nuclear bombs and the like. Still, they cling to their bloody, bloody, bloody past. And we're talking today about the seventh Holy Roman Empire, and they've all been just just strewn blood all over Europe and other places. So, and I mean, they're talking about killing millions of people, millions of them. So, Germany has been Europe's greatest perpetrator and instigator of bloodshed. And here, Germany is rising again. And Revelation 17 tells us about the ten nations that they're going to have, or ten kings, and they're going to rule Europe, and they're going to have a great conflict after that with Russia and China. That's what your Bible says. But here, you see, they, they're talking about Charlemagne. They want, to, they want to do it like Charlemagne did, and he was a tyrant. He was a terrible tyrant. Going down in the Middle Ages, the Holy Roman Empire killed like 40 to 50 million people. 
That's not something we can take lightly. Here's the article I wrote more on that. Seeking Charlemagne, French President Macron celebrates with German Chancellor Merkel after receiving the Charlemagne Prize in May 2018 for supporting European unification. Emmanuel Macron is betraying Britain and America, exactly as the Bible prophesied. This time, I'd like to show you how he is empowering Germany and helping resurrect the Holy Roman Empire. That's what he's doing. And he said before the German Parliament, he said, Remember this, France loves you. I mean, it's a real cozy affair. Like nothing ever happened before in their history. You can be sure. Well, anyhow, it goes on to talk about they don't really like a democracy in Europe, and they've never liked a democracy, and they don't have one today. Just check the European Union and see who, who's in control of it. It's Germany, and it's getting more control all the time. Now again, the German people are great people, but this Holy Roman Empire has led them into all kinds of horrors that they should not have even been a part of. You see, again, what's going on in Europe is not a democratic endeavor. It's not that at all. It's about Charlemagne. They're looking to Charlemagne, the tyrant, the sea of blood. Does that make sense? But it's there in your Bible, and it is prophesied. James Pinkerton wrote this, The EU is ultimately about European greatness. In the spirit of Charles the Great, better known as Charlemagne, and of course, was no peacenik. No, he was not a peacemaking man. He did unite people, but they had to obey him and his will and whatever he wanted. And it was not anything democratic at all. But there's another great man coming on the scene that is going to be more powerful and kill a lot more people than Charlemagne ever did because of the weapons of mass destruction that we have today. And it goes on to talk about Macron praising a Nazi collaborator who was over the Vichy government in World War II. He praised him, and he actually gassed some Jews himself after they were united with Germany, after Germany conquered them. So that's a pretty bad history, and they don't want to talk about that very much. It talks about Germany, this powerful tank that they have now, and airplanes and all kinds of armaments are really becoming more sophisticated than many of the armaments that we have even. Back in European history, you will see previous instances where people tried to establish an empire in Europe. Adolf Hitler, Napoleon, Charlemagne, and others. These were all terrifyingly bloody times in Europe. This was the tyranny of the Holy Roman Empire. In World Wars I and II, America helped to set France free from the empire. But instead of showing gratitude, France is now helping to raise up the Holy Roman Empire. Isaiah 10 and verse 5, O Assyrian, that's Germany today. We have to know these ancient nations' name and what it is today. O Assyrian, the rod of my anger and the staff of their hand is my indignation. 
And then verse 7, God says, He means not so, neither does His heart think so, but it is in His heart. That's the Holy Roman Empire all these years. Seven of them in about 2,000 years. And, but it is in His heart to destroy and cut off nations, not a few. They just keep right on going. But today, France is a part of it now. They've helped to raise up that horrible time that is prophesied to come and is building even now in Europe. So we need to watch Europe, and we need to watch France, and we need to watch Germany and the Holy Roman Empire, because everything is going to be happening, and, and uh, that's where that seething pot is coming, as Jeremiah 1 says. So we have to be careful and, and study that and understand it and know what's happening and know how we can get protection from God. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request The Holy Roman Empire in Prophecy, France in Bible Prophecy, and France Rejects America and Empowers Germany. Order now. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.